Welcome to the At Passion Biz Show, where it's our mission to highlight the positive impact being made by successful entrepreneurs in the medical cannabis industry. Now, here's the host of the At Passion Biz Show, Tim Strombol. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the show. Thank you for joining us wherever you are, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or www.cashandbiz.com. Tim Strombol, happy to be with you. I will be over the next 30 minutes as we have a fantastic podcast scheduled for you this afternoon. The gentleman's name who's sitting right across from me is Anthony Rivera Jr. He's one of the co-founders of Cannonative. Uh, we're going to be talking about so many things in this episode. One of the biggest things is that Cannonative just announced a big historic partnership in the space with General Hemp LLC. That's definitely going to be one of the big topics on the table for us this afternoon. In addition, one of the other things we're going to do is find out what Cannonative is and how they plan to impact both Native American culture and the cannabis and hemp industries. Lastly, before we get out of here, we're going to delve into who Anthony Rivera Jr. is and why he's so influential in the Native community. Before we get to that, I just want to uh, let you guys know the podcast is being presented by Online Marijuana Design, the original and longest-running cannabis branding agency in North America. They've been featured on CNN Money, GeekWire, Huffington Post, MJ Business Daily, just to name a few. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at OMD Agency or omdagency.com. Come. What a mouthful. Finally, let's put the pressure on Anthony. I've been talking this whole time. How are you this afternoon, buddy? Doing great, Tim. Thank you for having me. This is this is really neat. Thanks. I'm glad you could squeeze us in, man. I know you got a huge day. I mean, uh, you guys were just featured yesterday in a Bloomberg uh, report. The tweet is going viral. They uh, tweeted out the story. It's going everywhere right now. I guess before we get directly into that, let's start at the beginning. Native American tribes have a long history with hemp and cultivation and application until that changed in the early 20th century. Where is Native involvement now in your eyes as you see it? Well, it's it's more of a reemergence right now for us. Um, it's, it's been a long time since uh, uh, this crop has been cultivated here in the United States, and uh, there's definitely a, a natural uh, Native cannabis, uh, which sometimes is referred to as Indian weed, which is it grows wild out there, uh, but uh, cannabis has been has a historic, um, as a historic crop not only in the United States but uh, but used as medicine and as uh, fibers for for centuries. So it's more of a reemergence for Indian country when it comes to cannabis. So we're turning back, reaching to the past as far as the traditions and the cultures and medicine is concerned. And then combining it with modern uh, economies and marketplace to see what happens here. So um, we're very excited about it, and we'll, we'll see what happens. We're going to talk a lot about the future throughout this entire episode. Uh, the current state of Native involvement does look to be shifting, especially with the historic partnership Canada Native just signed. Can you tell us about it and why it's making such big news? Yes, this is big news. Uh, as a matter of fact, launching today... Um, uh, in, in press releases around the country, and that is the partnership between Seven Green Feathers, which is a company which is native-owned by myself and, uh, and uh, with a great team of native folks who have experience in Indian country, whether it's tribal leadership or uh, tribal finance, economies, and business development, and, of course, with, uh, together with General Hemp. Uh, which is one of the leaders in the cannabis economy-based uh, um, industry 
that has a, a great track record, great experience, not only here in the United States, but uh, globally. So we felt that um, our visions were compatible. Uh, we felt that uh, the folks and leaders over there at General Hemp uh, would be great for uh, to bring that experience and expertise into Indian country and combined our leadership and their and their expertise uh, would fit very nicely um, in the marketplace here. So we formed a partnership, very excited about it, and we're bringing it uh, into Indian country. Now you yourself, uh, a former tribal uh, chairman, now you're the co-founder of Canada Native. Can you walk us through kind of what led you to want to start and co-found an organization like Canada Native? Yeah, good, excellent question. Um, you know, I this was kind of the last industry that I would possibly think about uh, entering. Uh, my background and together with uh, uh, folks like uh, Cedric Black Eagle, former chairman from the Crow Tribe, Andy Nakai from Navajo Nation, um, uh, we were working very closely together um, in Indian country, pr primarily on uh, financial and business development projects. Uh, and uh, kind of bridging um, the gap between corporate America and uh, Indian tribes, just to uh, uh, try to find certain ways to help tribes, you know, leverage their advantages in the corporate uh, business development world. So um, that being said, it wasn't until late 2014 when uh, DOJ memo uh, called the Wilkinson memo came out that basically provided guidelines for tribes on if they were considering entering into the cannabis industry. Well, that sparked a lot of uh, interest and a lot of curiosity. Well, we were naturally curious to see, well, what, what does this have um, to offer Indian country as far as a real economic uh, thing? So we we continued doing some research. We interviewed a lot of folks. We uh, asked a lot of questions, and we used our our economic development experience to weigh the advantages. and And we saw, um, based off of uh, industry building, uh, that Indian country has a strong uh, background in. Uh, we felt that this would be a new emerging up-and-coming industry that perhaps we can apply, for example, our gaming industry, Indian gaming industry experience, uh, to build a new industry. Uh, we did a lot of research, interview, interviewed a lot of folks, and what we saw was an emerging industry that we believe that uh, tribes can really take advantage of, apply those industry track records they have from other industries like Indian gaming, and take this to another level, not only of um, uh, business level, but another level where tribes can be um, truly self-sustainable and truly um, exercise their full uh, access of tribal sovereignty to uh, build this industry. So we, we, we formed a, a company to make sure that we can do that. We formed a great partnership with folks who are experienced in it. And um, it's been nothing but positive and, and successful as we're moving forward. Granted, it's, very, it's, it's emerging, and there's a lot of developments because it is new, but it reminds us a lot of this Indian gaming industry at the beginning. So we're going to take it to the next step, to the next level, and we're super excited about it. We think we um, uh, we have a great position, and uh, with the press we're, we're receiving, you know, we're, we're um, uh, looking forward to leading the way. 
We're talking with Anthony Rivera Jr. He's the co-founder of Canna Native. Now, you mentioned at the beginning of that answer something that I liked because one of the things we do at Cash and Biz uh, is really talk about people who come from fantastic backgrounds outside the space and then enter the cannabis industry and are now having an impact inside of it. Uh, let's talk about your history in particular. I mean, you're a great example of this. You're a Harvard graduate. Yes, that's true. I graduated. <laughs> um, I went to graduate school at Harvard uh, University and got a lot of really great training there. And uh, taught me how to, you know, really um, uh, reach out and um, expand and set goals to accomplish and to, uh, you know, reach high on, on my expectations. And, and it was a great experience. It wasn't always an, an easy thing to do. I mean, I, I was just a simple Indian kid from Southern California <laughs> and, and somehow uh, got some great ideas on... Uh, uh, what I can do, a lot of challenges before me, but I didn't let any challenge get in my way. I made sure that I just went for it. And before I knew it, I was uh, with a full scholarship grad student at Harvard University and got some great training, took that training, applied it um, after graduation uh, there at, at Harvard, returned back to Southern California, did some postgraduate work, and reported to my tribe. And, uh, uh, you know, provided some service back to my tribe so that I can uh, see how I can apply these things to Indian country. Um, came on board as a, a council member, from there appointed as a council member, and then um, eventually um, was elected to the tribal chairman for about uh, just about 10 years. So um, wonderful experience um, in doing all those things. Now, how close was that after you got a college to where you're one of the top dogs uh, in the tribe? I mean, you have to have been one of the youngest representatives there, right? This is true, yeah. Um, by the time I was elected tribal chairman in 2005, um, I was definitely one of the younger tribal chairmen. I met very closely with other tribal chairmen in Southern California, uh, members of the Southern California Tribal Chairman's Association, um, which is a group of about 20 tribal chairmen, met closely with them, had some great uh, folks and great leaders there and some mentors over in that area. Um, but I was definitely one of the younger ones there. So I was able to learn a lot uh, from these great leaders and uh, apply that not only to my leadership, but also to my business uh, applications. Now, how typical is it to see someone that age get put into such a position of power? Usually you don't see that, mm -hmm. um, not, not too often. You usually have to work your way up in the ranks. Um, uh, some folks like to see more um, uh, uh, seasoned, if you will, uh, tribal leaders. There are some tribal leaders out there that have been serving consecutively for 20 years. Uh, they have incredible experience. Um, but uh, for for me and the experience I had at Harvard and returning back to my tribe and and reporting to them and the things that they needed to be done in Washington, D.C., and um, economically, uh, they believed that I, I could um, do that, and, and I was willing to uh, put together a great team to accomplish a lot of these things. And and uh, we accomplished quite a bit um, um, under that, that leadership. And we had the energy, we had the drive, and uh, uh, didn't let anything get in the way. And sometimes, uh, you know, uh, folks that are a little bit younger don't seem to have the same, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, fears or challenges. They just go for it. So I, I was kind of that mentality. But I did grow a lot, matured a lot, and um, 
uh, did a lot of uh, uh, important things that uh, helped me to establish that that base for for experience. I mean, and that's a lot of pressure to go on someone so young. And to your point, you don't even have any gray hair yet. I mean, look at this guy. It's just, you're you're <laughs> all black couple. at the top. There's really? a couple. <laughs> you're making me look terrible over here uh, in comparison. Uh, I'm glad there's no photo. I'm glad this is just podcast uh, and not video on. for today. You can put my, post my picture or something. <laughs> all right. Now, this, prod, uh, this podcast is proudly presented by our friends at Online Marijuana Design, the preeminent packaging, marketing, and design agency in the cannabis industry. Interested in taking your brand to the next level? Hit them up, OMDH. Agency.com, omdagency.com. Hit those guys up. They do some really cool stuff. Uh, now, could you talk to us about how that younger experience, you as a tribal chairman, how has that helped you maybe in this endeavor? What have you learned that's helped you propel yourself forward? Well, um, after being a tribal chairman for almost a decade, there's not too many things that either surprise me or scare me, okay? So I'm willing to uh, face any challenge, face on and I know with the right team, we can accomplish it. So, so I'm not afraid of anything. And, um, and uh, in this industry, because there are so many challenges ahead of us, it reminds me of a lot of the, the challenges that we had in, in government. Uh, so I'm able to uh, take that and apply it in the industry, build it up, have a great team working here. And um, uh, we're accomplishing a lot in a short amount of time. And we've got a great future ahead. And I think it's going to be great for Indian country as a whole. Now, back to the partnership with General Hemp uh, that we talked about a little bit earlier, historic between your two companies. What was the appeal to you that made a big partnership with a big company such a thing that you wanted to pursue it? Yeah. Um, What I liked about uh, General Hemp was, number one, their leadership team had very similar vision as we did. Uh, They saw... Uh, into the future, they really grasped the idea of providing economic uh, solutions as well as health uh, and medical type solutions um, for uh, for Indian country and in the and that that marketplace. So they grasped that vision pretty quickly. Um, I really liked their um, track record. They have a great track record. They um, are, are leaders in the industry as far as uh, product development, as far as cultivation, as far as uh, uh, manufacturing and distribution and retail. They had products on the market, uh, not only globally, but here in the United States that have already been established that, that um, in, with our partnership together, we can take all those things and immediately get on the ground without having to try to uh, recreate the wheel. And Indian country is coming to the industry maybe a little bit uh, late, um, uh, not too late but because it's new, but uh, much like the gaming industry, gaming was already set up and established and rolling you know, pretty well for at least a, a couple decades. Uh, and, and tribes were able to come to that um, with uh, good teams and good uh, uh, management and experience and take it to the next level. So we're looking on doing the same thing here. Um, so I really like the leadership. I like the track record. I like the um, uh, success and the... Um, products that were already on hand. And most of all, uh, I think the one thing I liked was uh, the compatibility. We were both very compatible together. And that has allowed us to grow closer together and stronger so that we can be uh, not only uh, uh, a trusting organization, but 
um, uh, but one that, that works very close together. Now, the formulation of Canada Native and the partnership with GH was covered in a Bloomberg News report that came out this week, just this morning, depending on when you're listening to the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean to you to see the, the, the mainstream, quote-unquote, media talking about this and covering this? You know what? That, that was really an exciting thing. Um, Bloomberg contacted us and said that they were looking for uh, some information on... Um, on how tribes are dealing with this business. The the interesting connection we had was in May of this year, Bloomberg published an article uh, asking a very interesting question. Who wants $3 billion in cash? Uh, <laughs> traditional banks do not. Something like that. I mean, I missed okay. that question or I would have thrown my name into the hat. Sure. I didn't know that was a... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I saw who wants $3 billion and I said, I do. Uh, but um, <laughs> in answer to the question, we started really thinking about it and pondering. And we came to the conclusion that, hey, with the cash management and banking experience that tribes have in regard to Indian uh, gaming casinos, uh, perhaps we can apply that to uh, this industry. So we started exploring that, looking into that. And the answer to the question is Indian tribes do. And uh, so that's one of the a major part of our um, of our business development is developing a, a financial and banking solution for the industry uh, to bank on um, on tribal lands, which are sovereign. And so uh, it was a, a big, um, uh, a, a major uh, endeavor for us to be featured in an article on the level of, of Bloomberg and and others here, I think Business Week will be picking it up as well. Um, very exciting, and uh, we, we think that tribes deserve um, that level um, from everything they've accomplished, and we're we're looking to uh, uh, get that much exposure out there as much as as much as possible, just so that we can show that Indian tribes do have a, a great track record. And a, a good um, established, you know, foot to uh, to to leap off of here. Now, if the upside to this involvement, native involvement, uh, and the money is is so potentially large, what in your mind was the biz- the, the biggest obstacle that's prevented them to make the decision to get in the space? Uh, I think the biggest obstacle has to do with the obstacle, the biggest obstacle the Indian tribes always face, and that seems to be the federal government. Mm-hmm. So uh, the federal government often either is moving way too slow or not fast enough or just refuses to move, forgets, forgets their, their treaties or just doesn't understand. Um, and there's an educational um, uh, platform that, that comes into fact. So I think right now for us, um, getting the federal government up to speed uh, and the way we're doing that is we're forming, um, we're, we're being extremely proactive in being uh, collaborative with uh, whether it's the Department of Justice or any other federal agency, uh, local U.S. attorneys, and making sure that we are um, working very closely with them. That they understand exactly what our intents are, intentions are. And um, at the same time, forming our own standards and regulations and legalization on the reservation, which tribes have the the sovereign uh, ability to do those kinds of things, and elevating a standard which is not only responsible, but but also uh, strictly regulated. 
to demonstrate that we can handle this kind of stuff, just like we've we've done already for with Indian gaming. So um, that seems to be the major challenge. Everything else seems to be moving mm-hmm. with the industry uh, on its own, whether it's whether it's state uh, legalizations or um, other types of things. So. Uh, uh, that that seems to be our, our be our greatest challenge, but um, it's nothing we haven't seen before, nothing that we can't uh, resolve. We're talking with Anthony Rivera Jr. He is the co-founder of Cannonative. Big announcement came earlier today. You'll hear more about it throughout the week. We are sure. Uh, next question up for you: How does Native culture, in your experience, view hemp overall? Is it the same as cannabis? Is it different, or is that education not there yet? Well, um, I think traditionally we've always had. Um, a very close affinity with uh, natural culture and um, natural healing and medicine. Uh, uh, Indian traditions, as far as uh, uh, natural medicines and healings are concerned, is you know we've always seen nature as our um, as our uh, you know natural pharmacy, and uh, the healers and the medicine men and women were the native doctors of the past. This is a, a rich culture that we uh, every tribe has and preserves. Now, in between time, um, I would say the last few decades, uh, this particular plant, uh, the cannabis plant, has received all kinds of different stigmas. Uh, so there is at this this time a re-education, if you will, and a reminding of how we use natural medicines and things like that. We don't want to lose that that part of our culture of the natural healing and medicine, and we want to turn to uh, uh, turn back to nature and turn back to our our traditions and cultures to make sure we preserve that. And cannabis is one of those plants. So we're not looking um, just at cannabis. Okay, which does have uh, medicinal value and it does have um, other types of uh, productive value that we see and that we want to re, uh, reintroduce back into here in the United States on Indian reservations. But we're also looking at other plant um, uses as well and remedies that come from other plant life as well. So we're looking at all kinds of things um, to reintroduce that that um, healing and and medicinal and um, natural uh, um, tradition back into uh, here the uh, into Indian country and the United States. So Native American tribes really have a chance to grab a stranglehold of the cannabis or hemp industry, however they so choose. People outside who maybe aren't as educated see that and they think, oh, these tribes are already making a, butt- a, a bunch of money. I was going to say buttload. I'm not going to say that. I guess I could. <laughs> you could say that. Go yeah, ahead. exactly. We're Go not ahead. regulated, right? Why not? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I guess the public perception might be that the casinos are already a fantastic revenue source. But what most people don't realize is casinos are so centric or centered on uh, tourism and the ability to go to that casino. You're saying in a conversation we've had off air, and I'd love to talk about it right now, how the hemp or cannabis industry kind of levels the playing field for tribes based all around. Can you talk about that? It it sure does. Um, Indian gaming was a great stepping stone for Indian country to get out of you know that that um, you know that rut of whether it was poverty or or dependency, 
Um, Indian gaming allowed tribes um, to uh, uh, generate revenues on their own properties to uh, enhance uh, these types of uh, economic development, sustainability, or um, other kinds of uh, uh, programs uh, on their reservations. Now, um, but of course, even though Indian gaming was legalized for all tribes, not all tribes benefited. Only a small percentage a percentage did. Mm-hmm. And some of those you might know who are very lucrative um, and very successful. We believe that this industry, the cannabis industry, will level the playing field for all tribes because it, the, your location really doesn't matter. All tribes can participate in this industry at any level just by having, whether it's just sovereignty, a land base, and um, a, a good partner, good team to show them how to, how to do it right and legally. So um, every tribe can participate. Every tribe should participate. Every tribe should at least make a decision whether they're going to participate or not. And, uh, but every tribe with this industry does have an opportunity to engage and profit, unlike with the gaming industry, which was more location-based. So we're very excited to bring to all 566 uh, tribes out there and more um, this opportunity to do it right and uh, to become self-sufficient. We also believe that this industry will allow tribes to to be completely self-sufficient. In other words, um, their economies on this industry alone will could sustain their membership and sustain their economies and sustain their governments and their future without dependencies on the the scraps that the federal government allots to to tribes which seems to get smaller and smaller every year this will allow them to be self-sufficient and use the land and use their resources to um, truly be uh, self-sustainable and 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 leverage themselves to take them to the next level. We're very excited about that, and I know it can happen. So um, it's going to take some time and some effort and and uh, some really good um, some planning. But you know what? We're already on the move. We're already uh, engaged, and and the the tribes that are visionary and are are ready to take those steps. We're ready to help them do that. You can check out CanaNative.com for more information, not to mention just keep your ear to the ground for all the press that's covering CanaNative. Uh, now, we've talked a lot about business throughout this podcast, only a handful of questions more. Uh, but one of those questions is, what does Anthony Rivera Jr. do in his free time? <laughs> well, um, when I do have free time, uh, which I, I try to make, I like to be out on the golf course. Mm-hmm especially playing the uh, Indian uh, resort golf golf courses. Now, do you, Love doing you get those. a discount when you go to the... Uh, it depends on who I'm with. It okay. uh, <laughs> depends on who I'm with, that's for sure. But there's some <laughs> lovely resorts and golf courses. You should go out and check them out and visit them um, in, in beautiful locations and, and great, great courses out there on Indian reservations. Now, can um, I get you to pick your favorite Indian reservation course, or do you um, not want to commit to that on air? Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say they're all my favorite. <laughs> because uh, they're they're all very unique and different, and exciting. But um, I just I love I love getting out there and getting some fresh air and being out there and 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 believe it or not, there are some really good Indian golfers out there. Um, yeah. I also enjoy, uh, of course, spending time with my family as much as possible. My free time. I love college football 
And I love, uh, I love a good book and reading. You'll see me always with a, a book in my hand or on my bookshelf. Uh, really love doing that. Love traveling the world and, um, and uh, those types of things. So that's how, how about the favorite country you've been to outside of the U.S.? You know what? One of my favorite places in the world, and I've been to many places all, all over the world, but one of my favorite places has got to be um, in Guatemala. Oh wow! Uh, there's a there's a little hacienda there in Lake Atitlan. It's just one of my favorite places that I just just love going to. So uh, it's it's my little paradise that I just love being there. So I, I got to say, out of all of them, I've been to many many different places, but that's got to be one of them. That's for sure. And they circle back to college football. Who's the team? Or is it the whole sport, or do you? I have just a love the whole sport in general. I love the excitement of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from the Ivy League to the uh, uh, to the to the uh, West Coast leagues and the Big Tens and the Big Twelves and the Pac Twelves and the Mountain West and all of them. I, I just love college football. Very exciting um, and uh, just love love being out there sometimes. So I'll, I'll catch a college football game every every chance I can. I'll be out there and cheering along. Now let's glance into our crystal ball prognosticate a little bit, predict what's on the horizon. Uh, where do you see native involvement with the hemp and cannabis industries And in, let's say, a year or two from now? A year or two, wow. I think um, a year or two, because of the how, how rapid things are moving right now, a year or two, I think we're going to be quite um, far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, we'll be able to get through, just in the last six months, we've been able to really accomplish a lot of the regulatory and legal issues um, that that were before us. We've been able to set up good collaborations with the federal government. Uh, we're not without our challenges. You know, there have been some issues that, that um, have been involved, but those mostly involve, you know, uh, just approaching it in, in the, the wrong way. Um, but um, with the, the way that we provide and, and uh, suggest and advise um, and manage, um, we believe that uh, within the next one to two years, we'll be already one of the leaders uh, with our tribal partners in the industry, not only in cultivation uh, and processing, but also in things like um, uh, in, or exporting extractions and, and exporting materials to uh, finance and banking to um, uh, retail and product lines. I think we're going to see a lot of revolutionary things from Indian country alone, just based off of the advantages and the spirit of entrepreneurship and economic development that that tribes have right in front of them. So it's going to be very exciting. We're excited to see what's going to happen. Keep an eye out out, uh, for what's happening with us. We hope to uh, maybe we'll have a few more podcasts here that we can uh, talk about some of those um, successes and and plans, you know, you can always follow us on Twitter at, at Canon Native. Um, we try to, you know, keep um, folks posted on the industry and what we're doing there as well. And um, but I do believe within the next two to three years, you'll see some major developments coming out of Indian country. And we'll have to get you guys on the TV appearance, too. Uh, now, what do you think is one of the biggest barriers that stands in the way going forward? Obviously, we've covered a few that have led us up to this point. Moving forward the next year or two, you talked about how the development in the space is going to happen. We could be a lot further than we are right now. Certainly, we all hope we're going to be a lot further. What would you say is the one thing that, that could stand in the way? Um I think the one thing that could stand in the way would probably uh, 
um, let me think, would be um, just overcoming the stigma that cannabis is a drug that is bad. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because I know I had to overcome that myself. I know a lot of folks had to overcome that, whether it's in Indian country or in Congress or just down the street, you know. But when we start, we like to talk about um, uh, what, what kind of issues are out there, whether they're economic or health-based issues, um, financial issues. We try to find out what the issues are, and we seek for a solution in the industry. And you know what? We find one in every way. Okay, and when we start talking about, you know, how can uh, uh, cannabis um, treat health issues or make your life a little more healthier or less painful or less stressful, um, we find these solutions here. So I think once we get over that stigma, and I think it's going to take a lot of education and a lot of um, explanation from from Canon native and and folks who are who are doing such a great job as well um, to get that that word out there and get folks um, up to speed and up to date on the benefits uh, that's happening I, I really do think that's that's it once we get that I think the whole uh, the whole uh, country if not the whole uh, world will be uh, on board with this movement because it is a movement in itself and we're excited to be leading the, the native uh, the native part of it. As you mentioned a few times earlier, you're hearing this podcast in crystal clear HD sound because one of our awesome sponsors, Online Marijuana Design. If you've been living under a cannabis rock, they're the absolute leaders in all things design, marketing, branding. Hit them up today. They're ready to help you reach out your cannabis business goals. Go ahead and tell them that Cash and Biz sent you to for a free consultation. Online Marijuana Design. Online Marijuana Design. Go ahead and check them out. Last question for you before we get out of here, Anthony. Uh, for Canon Native, now that you've announced the partnership, you got the media swarming around you. Everyone's asking yeah. uh, for an interview. What's next on the horizon for you and the team? Uh, next is uh, we'll be um, engaging and closing some deals with specific tribes in strategic locations, and you'll be seeing those as we roll those out and announce those. Uh, that's very exciting. Um, also, we're, uh, we'll be forming different types of collaborations. We believe collaboration is really a, the key to this industry. Uh, uh, gaming was so competitive. I think we learned that collaboration is really the, the key to this industry, and we're looking forward to, to making alliances and working together with a lot of different folks. Um, and, um, of course, announcing different product lines and Canon native labeled product lines and, and developing a natural uh, uh, native remedy product line um, that will be coming out also. So we have a lot of super exciting things, and it's, it's really going to be neat. And those are coming out here shortly. We'll make sure we connect with you, Tim, to uh, announce those things to your audience because we'd love for them to uh, um, uh, see those things and know about them and, and pass them on. It seems like such a natural symbiosis, too, when you talk about partnering up with GH, someone who really has that facilitation. Yeah. I mean, you're making these products, you're growing cannabis or hemp or, or mm -hmm. CBD products. Right. You have to have a way to get them to people. That's right. right. That's so that's right. another barrier. I mean, I guess we didn't even talk about, but where yes. that partnership really comes in. Yes, we should perhaps um, in the future meet on one of our future uh, reservations mm -hmm. um, because, uh, you know, the, a lot of these reservations have resorts. 
and we'd like to turn them into destinations as well uh, from this from this industry. So, um, I mean, if you're um, asking me if I want to come hang out at a resort with you, <laughs> film on location, yeah. I mean, I guess I could probably get the Let's company do the to pay next for one that. From there. Yeah, sounds good. That's one of the that. next, and we'll do video too. So we'll okay, be all around. We'll that be in the hot great. tub or something, you know, with a bunch of. <laughs> products around us or so. at least on the golf course <laughs> maybe right? not that visual but golf course no, that's better that's better i like that i like that better but thank you his name's anthony rivera jr he's the co-founder of canon native he's been our guest go ahead and check him out canonative.com at canonative on twitter uh they're blowing up right now bloomberg news just featured on the story got picked up by yahoo uh cash biz released a story earlier on talking about them as well i'm not going to toot our own story because that's kind of a self it's a good one thing. it's a good one thank you thank you whoever wrote it is a genius <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for All taking right, the thank time. Thank you, Tim. It's been great. Thanks. And that's going to do it for us on the show this afternoon. Thank you for listening, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or www.cashandbiz.com. We'll check you guys out next time on the program. Y'all have a fantastic afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to the Ed Cash and Biz Show. Don't forget to subscribe to our feed and check out our social media. We want you to stay in front of the green rush. <laughs>